Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to A Pot of Their Own. This is episode 174 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Sarovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wiggin. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. So um, the trade deadline feels like an age ago, but really the trade deadline happened uh, after we last recorded last week. The Mets had made some trades when we recorded last week on uh, last Monday night, uh, and now it is Monday, August 7th, um, and the Mets were active at the trading deadline right up until 6 p.m. So obviously the major trade that we did not discuss last week that happened in the interim um, was that the Mets traded Justin Verlander to the Astros for outfielder Drew Gilbert and outfielder Ryan Clifford, um, who were at the time the Astros fourth and ninth best prospects, according to MLB Pipeline. Um, according to, again, people, you if you want to learn all about Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford, um, our miners guys are covering all this stuff. You should listen to From Complex to Queens. They've been doing a fantastic job. Um, but just in brief, um, he was ranked uh, Gilbert immediately becomes the best, the best prospect in the Mets system, um, which is like that seems to be a theme every time the Mets have made a trade. Oh, this guy's <laughs> immediately the best prospect in the Mets system. Which um, is what we mentioned last week, too. <laughs> exactly. Um he was ranked uh Gilbert was ranked 32nd in in all of baseball uh by pipeline and 17th in all of baseball by baseball prospectus um at at the midseason mark um the Mets are paying uh similar to Scherzer the Mets are paying part of Verlander's contract if Verlander's 2025 option vests which i think i think the option is just based on the innings the number of innings that he pitches yeah um, the Mets will play uh, pay $52.5 million across the two years left on his contract. Um, if the option doesn't vest, they owe $35 million instead. Um, but yeah, so this, I mean, we talked last week about how if the Mets traded Verlander, then that kind of tipped the scales in the direction of 2024, perhaps being a, a little bit of a retooling year. I suppose you could say. Um, And I still think that's true. Um, Well, as a librarian, I'm just here for the Clifford memes. So I'm going to declare it a win. (laughs) um, Clifford hit a home run in his very first at bat in as a Met in the Mets system. So that's very good dog. Very good dog. Well, very good dog. (laughs) And like, I feel like the minors themes are probably more fun to go see right now. (laughs) <laughs> the major league honestly team. yes <laughs> it can't be less fun that's true that's true <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty difficult um the um the other kind of notable thing uh that i'll say about like oh all these guys immediately are becoming like all the best prospects that the mets have um i think it was our friend uh jeff padnastro at baseball perspectives formerly out of amazing avenue who um who said that the Mets, you know, kind of the Mets had like 
a bottom tier farm system before this. I can't remember exactly the range of like where they ranked, but it was like not maybe not quite quite bottom five in baseball, but close, like in the bottom third of the league. And now they're immediately like maybe at least like kind of middle of the pack, if not, you know, top half of the league. So they jumped about like 10 spots if you're talking about organizational wide farm rankings just from these trades alone, which is kind of impressive. Um, I mean, it's a huge bummer again about this season not turning out the way that we all expected. But if if they if it really was going to be this way, I guess might as well. So now they're all in on the tank now, too. So, (laughs) yes, um, they're doing a great job of it. They're doing a great job. Um, and I so I will mention uh, now, since we're talking about the tank, um, we don't just say this jokingly, although, <laughs> you know, it is a bit of a joke. But the Mets, not in addition to being bad kind of by accident right now um, and just bad by the circumstances of the fact that they traded a bunch of their good players, um, they uh, they are in an interesting position right now. Um, they are close to having one of the uh, bottom six records in baseball, if not already in that slot. I don't remember. I haven't looked at like the latest today because the Mets just lost six straight games, by the way. Um, yeah, so I don't think they've won since the deadline. They have they? not. They have not. They got They're about to Pete Alonzo their way into one tonight. It looks yes. like, but yes, the uh, bullpen can still change that, Maggie. It's don't true. It's true. Too. The bullpen is very capable. But nothing of can hurt that. me now, so it's fine. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, yeah, as we record this, the Mets are currently winning uh, against the Cubs thanks to two Pete Alonzo home runs and uh, a decent performance from Kodai Sanga. Um, obviously, the game's not over yet, though. <laughs> Plenty of games. Well, it is raining, so maybe uh, maybe a rain shortened win will. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> that might be the only way they can win at this point. <laughs> Seriously, uh, there's been some some nasty weather in dc today we had a tornado warning like we we're still it's technically coming my way t- so tornado I, will, warning. I i may potentially have some exciting news mid mid recording mid podcast go out which it, i actually it thought won't. actually thought about messaging you guys and being like uh just so you know uh, the, my power might go out mid recording but i think we're out of the worst of it down here but the wind was something else, and there was some hail. It was it was pretty crazy. Um, I anyway, thor thunderstorm warning for me, but I don't have anything just yet. So if all of a sudden me and Maggie drop out, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> woman shell. <laughs> the storms have traveled upwards. Um, so the position that the Mets are in right now oh, is wait, that wait, they nope. there's the rain. All right, like <laughs> I have the rain. So you have the rain. <laughs> I just hear it. Yep, it just started. <laughs> there you go. The rain has come. Um, if the Mets ha- end up with again and again, the draft is a lottery now. So even if they end up with one of the bottom six records, it doesn't guarantee they're going to end up with a top six pick necessarily. But if the Mets do end up with one of the top six picks in the draft, they no longer have to suffer the penalty that would ordinarily be imposed on upon them uh, based on their payroll. So one of the things that in addition to the luxury tax uh, that teams who spend a lot of money uh, get punished on is, is draft order. So if they pick outside of those top six picks, they drop 10 spots in the draft. So there is uh, incentive, at least on the part of the front office to be, as bad as possible now <laughs> so <if you laughs> to try to get if you can't be good and expensive be very bad and expensive yes yes <laughs> um so that's the situation they're in obviously the players are still trying to win every day god bless them um so do you think that had a psychological effect on them is that why oh, they yeah. played so bad or are they just bad I mean, I think it's a little column A, a little column B. I think that they are very bad now. I think, it, I mean, like half the lineup these days is DJ Stewart, Rafael Ortega, John, and Jonathan Arrows. Like, that's just like <laughs> not, that's not a thing. 
<laughs> like that's just like not <laughs> conducive to winning ball games. Like they like half their lineup is like not major league players right now. Um, but also I think it does have an effect on the guys who are still here, the mainstays, the Alonzos, the Nimos, the Lindors, you know. Um, I think it absolutely has well, an effect on those guys. Well, and their bullpen is also not major league caliber players either. Yeah. Um so uh, speaking of the bullpen not being major league caliber tra- uh, players, uh, another trade that the Mets made, a couple of other trades that the Mets made that were somewhat surprising. Uh, so the non-surprising trade that they made is that they did trade Tommy Pham to the Diamondbacks for shortstop Jeremy Rodriguez, who was their top, the Diamondbacks top international signing, I think, last year. So it's uh, similar to the trade they made with the Marlins in the sense that this guy is really young, like complex level, like not going to have an impact for a while. He's not as good of a prospect as the Mets got from the Marlins for Robertson, but it's like a similar idea in that he's a really young, like high that they're banking on the high upside. Um, so they did do that, but that was not a surprise. Like, I think there was a report that like Tommy Pham didn't even like pack his bags or like he was in street clothes, like right before the game, the day of the trade deadline. Like he was like, not, he <laughs> was the fully man prepared who knows to his job. Yeah. 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 He was, he knew he was gone and he was okay with it. Uh, I think that, I think that that's a little bit different than some of the other guys that were traded. Uh, Tommy Pham, I think accepted what his situation was. Um, Justin Verlander, I mean, not to say that, you know, he he had the, the the choice was in his hands, just like Max Scherzer. He waived his no trade clause to go uh, back to the Astros, but he did have some nice things to say about the Mets on the way out. Um, he said, I have nothing but the utmost respect for their organization and how they treat their players, A plus from top to bottom. And anyone that would ask me about that organization, if they had a decision to make, I would recommend their organization. So that's I nice mean, to hear. Selling it to Otani, which is nice, but yep. I don't know if it'll make it. Thanks, <laughs> it might not help, but it's nice to try. Um, <laughs> Thanks yeah, to Justin Verlander, currently my favorite X met Cy Young past trading deadline person. Guy. <laughs> Justin Verlander, you are number one. Um, so with regard to the bullpen, the Mets made a couple of kind of surprising trades that I don't think people necessarily expected. They traded Dominic Leone to the Angels for infielder Jeremiah Jackson, who's like, like how not a major <laughs> prospect at all, but they did get something somehow for Dominic Leone, which God bless. Um, out of all the people on the market, what made the angels target him? Because <laughs> he's cheap. Like they didn't have to give up anything for him. <laughs> like and the angels still haven't won since the deadline either. <laughs> they have not. A bunch of teams who who uh, were very active at the trade deadline have not won since the deadline. Uh, the angels are one of them. I think it was like four teams that haven't won since the deadline. I forget who the other two are. The Mets haven't won since the deadline. The Angels haven't won since the deadline. But all the other teams besides the Mets were ones that were buyers. <laughs> Was it the Mariners? Which is so much The Mariners, worse. I think. Oh, but the Mariners like did a weird buy-sell thing, didn't they? Yeah. Because yeah, they traded they Paul, Paul Seawald. Yeah. But I thought that they acquired, I don't remember. Uh, I, I have not been paying attention to them. And then Paul Seawald blew it for the time of <laughs> Yeah, yeah. David Robertson blew his first save chance as well, but I think the Marlins uh, went on to win the game anyway. So the Mar- no, the Marlins got swept by the Rangers recently. So they did, but I think this was before that series. It was oh, before, okay. it was the series before. Oh, that. was it the Phillies or they? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Phillies? Yes. Um, they won. They won that game. I don't know how he's performed since, or if he played a role in any of those Rangers losses or not. Oh, yeah, the Marlins are another team that haven't won. Or no, they did win. They beat the Phillies once. So they've, but they've done bad since the since the trade deadline. In yeah, um, yeah, like, they're starting to free fall a little bit. Played themselves further. The it's Mets the, di- are the ones who were actually trading like they wanted this. Yeah, <laughs> it's the so, Diamondbacks. Ha, we are I think. the most pathetic ones here. It's yeah. the Diamondbacks. I think are the other team that like haven't won since the deadline. Oof. Um, yeah, not good. Uh, they're like free falling also the Marlins and the Diamondbacks are free falling out of contention as are the Angels uh, as well 
which is unfortunate. Well, we kind of knew that was going to happen. I didn't take the Marlins seriously. The Diamondbacks were felony frauds. They got swept by the Mets. Yeah. So that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we knew yeah, it. It happened right before the deadline. They got swept by the Mets. Like, a mm, little bit of an indication that you might not actually be good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so in addition to trading Dominic Leone away, the Mets acquired two bullpen arms off the scrap heap from the Dodgers for cash. Um, Phil Bickford, who has already not covered himself in glory. Um, and old- with the tank. <laughs> yep. An old friend, Adam Coleric. Coleric? Uh, I always forget how to pronounce-, pronounce his last I name. I Cleric. I apologize. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah. Uh, and Phil Bickford, I mean, listen, I understand. We were just talking about this last week, like the challenges that players and their families face at the deadline. But he had the audacity to be like very upset that he was traded because, you know, I get it. Like you're getting traded from a good team to a bad one. But it's like, my guy, you're maybe you're maybe you should just not have like a six ERA (laughs) (laughs) and you wouldn't end up on the bad team (laughs) trying to be bad. Pitching like a Met. Yeah. Yeah. You end up on the Met. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, that's that's what I happens. mean. The doctors could have just cut him. At least he's still in the majors. He is still in the majors. And the Mets will hold on to him for sure. Um, so, yeah, that's and, and he and and I think part of the idea with those guys is that they have team control beyond this year. So if the Mets like if if they throw the spaghetti at the wall and some of it sticks, then it will stick next stick around next year. Uh, I think that's what they're kind of hoping for, like kind of a they're taking some lottery tickets because they can afford to because the rest of the season doesn't really matter. Um, Along those same lines, did we shout out Adovino last year? I mean, last week for lying this day with the Mets. Yeah, that was nice. Adam Adovino, in addition to uh, Justin Verlander, is the one who had nice things to say about the Mets. But unlike Verlander, he like openly said, I want to stay with the Mets. Like he's he's a New Yorker. He wants to stay. Um, so yeah, that was nice to hear. Yeah, like, that's cool. It's always shocking when somebody actually likes them. <laughs> I know it wants seem to, to happen be here. more than you would think, though. That's I mean, always Mark Hanna like, was oh, devastated that he that's got true. traded. That's true. Like I think he was. I think he was the one who was the most upset that he got traded. Um, yeah, he's because he really emotional. liked New York, and that was sad. Um, yeah. Well, Robertson too. Yeah, Robertson. I think was not. Well, and Robertson had been so public about not wanting to go. Yeah, yeah. I think that these guys understand that, like, regardless of the fact that it didn't work out this year, like the Mets are trying. Like, it just didn't work out, you know. Yeah, and they might want money next year. <laughs> yeah. And Steve mm-hmm. Cohen might be the only one giving out contracts. <laughs> we shall see. Um, so uh, kind of a late-breaking uh, couple of roster moves occurred today before today's game. Starling Marte went back on the IL. He had been on the IL with migraines, um, and then he came off the IL uh, a few days ago, and then he went back on the IL with a groin strain, which is pretty deeply concerning considering he got surgery on both his groins in the off season. And here it is acting up again. So that's not ideal. Um, well, I don't feel like I'm, it was ever fully healed. He wasn't didn't the same seem player. like it. No. no, I'm not saying shut him down, but don't like he's the last person I would push. No, yeah. You already know, that. no matter what happens this season, you know that he's going to be a big question mark going into next season and that you probably just sort of have to ride with him and hope for the best. So just like put his time and your effort into trying to get him healthy, which is also what the Mets should have done with Pete Alonso a month ago. But yeah, yeah, at least he's coming out of that now. At least Pete yeah. Alonso seems fine. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I would imagine if he had an extra few weeks instead of playing like garbage through that hand injury. Yeah. yeah. Like everyone knew he would. As evidenced by his two long balls tonight. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, 
I obviously completely agree. There is no reason to rush Starling Marte back, but between Mark Canna being traded and Starling Marte being on the IL, it really is Brandon Nimmo and company in the outfield. It's <laughs> not Ronnie Mauricio. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, Ronnie Mauricio still has developmental targets to to hit or something. I I'm sure. Um, but yeah, speaking of developmental targets, the other thing, the other transaction that occurred. Uh, in addition to Marte being IL'd, is that Brett Beatty was demoted to AAA Syracuse. Um, now, I think, so there's a couple of reasons why this this happened. Number one, he's been really bad for a while now. I think he's over his last, like, 23 or something like that. Um, yeah, it's, or, it's, it was... it was bad for a while, and now it's just kind of fallen off a cliff bad. yeah. And he's been bad in the field as well. He's made like some really, really awful errors. Like they they haven't all cost the Mets, but some of them have. I, I distinctly remember the one where like he just didn't know where the ball was. And Francisco Lindor had to come over to third base and basically catch the, the pop fly. Um, and it was like, bro, <laughs> he looks totally lost out there, um, which is unfortunate. Um, but the other thing is that if the Mets keep him down long enough, they can claw back a year of service time. But also, I mean, I get that might be the reason why they're doing it, but at the same time, I don't trust these clowns at the major league level to develop anybody. They know they're probably all going to get fired or they're going to be gone at the end of the year. So put him in Syracuse where their job is to develop players. So maybe they can fix them then because I mean, as we saw with my, I know I'm biased, but my beloved JD, his defense improved when he went to San Francisco was bat improved when he went to San Francisco. Like clearly there's something not right with the Mets coaching staff here. And I don't trust them to handle Beatty properly. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I mean, it it could be if, service time manipulation, but it's not like he hasn't earned the devotion. No, <laughs> Yeah, and it's, I'm. I also sort of feel like we are kind of at the spot where, you know, there's there's taking your lumps in the major leagues, and then there's just kind of bashing your head against a window repeatedly, and it very much feels like he's in the latter category at this point. Like it's been a long time since he had any success at all, um, and I think continuing to go out there and put up the same kind of results, it's just not going to help matters at all. Right. Um, and Keith, I mean, Keith Hernandez said in the open uh, today on the broadcast, and I agree, it, like his confidence is probably shot right now and he just needs to be get his confidence back um, by, you know, going down to AAA, hopefully hitting 350 and being like, yeah, see, I, I, I still do know how to play baseball. I'm still good at this. Like, because um, Keith mentioned it does how happen. It does. Yeah. Uh, Keith mentioned how he got sent down and like he needed it when it happened to him. Um, so, you know, when you hear a, a a Hall of Famer say like. I got sent down and I I needed it, it it probably is a, a confidence booster to hear that, like even Hall of Fame caliber players uh, n- need a confidence boost early in their careers sometimes. So well, I, I get we'll the argument that, you know, the season's lost. Just keep running him out there so he can face major league pitching. But he's faced major league pitching for the past three months and hasn't done anything. So what's the game at this point? Yeah. Um, I, I, I was sort of surprised by this move because obviously with given the fact that the rest of the season doesn't matter, I kind of thought he'd get more leeway to figure it out at this level. But I'm not like angry about it. Again, he like his performance warranted this. So, I, I am actually pleased that they are clearly being thoughtful about things, even if I don't necessarily agree with each angle that they take. But it doesn't really seem like they're just calling people up willy nilly or setting them down willy nilly. There does seem to be some method behind the madness. Yeah. Um, and that's probably for the best. You know, I think um, otherwise it would be really hard to kind of get any useful information, but I feel like they're at least 
approaching it somewhat systematically. So for our baseball segment this week, we are going to go across town and talk about the other New York team, which is somehow even more embarrassing than the Mets right now in many ways. Um, <laughs> and by a lot, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, by a lot. I mean, the Mets are simply just not living up to expectations that were set by them on the field, but that were set, uh, that were expected of them on the field. But the Yankees are a mess all around and off the field as well. And doing the type of stuff that, like used to happen under the Wilpons. Like this is like Wilpon shit. What's happening to the Yankees right now? Um, so two major things have happened uh, with the Yankees. Uh, firstly, um, Domingo Herman has entered inpatient treatment for alcohol abuse and will miss the rest of the season. Um, so this was a player, obviously, who has already had a who has already been suspended for domestic violence, um, and threw a perfect game this year and was lauded and you know extolled etc and put on a pedestal about it um and you know now this has happened so obviously this is a very troubled individual i hope he gets the help that he needs um it was it was a strange course of events because he was scratched from his most recent start apparently due to injury but then he appeared out of the bullpen and then the next day he went into treatment. So it was just well, a very strange timeline of events. Well, yeah. And then apparently the next day he like ran, like flipped a couch and damaged a TV and they locked him in the sauna. Yeah. He basically like went, went, he showed up drunk and had like a full blown, like, you know, out like a full-blown mental breakdown in the clubhouse and was like destroying stuff and yeah they put him in the sauna which yeah oh my god <laughs> you're it, when you're drunk you're already massively dehydrated yes and you're making him sweat out even more like even more hydration like what is wrong with you yeah, like the, the other thing was to sweat out the alcohol but that's like the worst thing you could do uh that is not biologically true <laughs> And then they had like guards standing outside the sauna so we couldn't get out. Yeah, that's that's some again, that's some Wilpon Mets shit. That's something that, that would happen to the Wilpon Mets for sure. Um But yeah, I again I hope I hope that Domingo Herman gets the help that he needs. Like and now the Yankees are with down another pitcher for the rest of the season. Uh which yep. But also, I mean it certainly sounds like he's somebody who needs alcohol treatment. And it yeah. sounded like that um, back when Before. he had his domestic violence incident, which was blamed on alcohol. Yeah. And um, yet it didn't seem to warrant this level of intervention, which even even at the time struck many people as questionable. Um, and it is a reminder that those two things are very often linked. Um yeah. And that maybe if in the wake of his abuse of his partner, if he had gotten a more appropriate um, level of treatment at that time, then maybe we wouldn't be in this situation now. Yep. Well, and also Boone really hasn't covered himself in glory these past few weeks either. Like, mm. he, uh, somebody brought up the quote. Uh, old, old quote from Boone saying, oh, Herman's changed. He's really a sweet guy. Mm -hmm. He really wants to make amends. But clearly, he's been dealing with this issue for a while and nobody did anything about it. So clearly nothing changed. To be fair, they didn't do nothing about it. They right. enabled it. Yeah. For months and years. Yeah. <laughs> One step further than that, not just doing nothing, but actually enabling it. Yes. Yeah, true. Um. So the other story coming out of the Yankees right now is that the Yankees let Anthony Rizzo play with a concussion for two months, which so he's on Anthony Rizzo's on the IL with concussion related symptoms. And apparently he suffered this concussion back in May and no one did anything about it. 
Um, well, and, and you can argue, I mean, and if you want to argue, like, look, head injuries are, are tricky and they pass the protocols. And like, obviously that points to a problem with the protocols, but where I feel like they lose any potential defense is that he played with a concussion for two months and then was like, Hey, coach, my brain feels bad. <laughs> and they played him for two more days. Yeah. Like yeah. he said, he couldn't remember things. That's it's unconscionable. That's bad. the part that's just there's and, no no justification. And again, they asked Boone, was there any consideration to take him out of the game? And he just flat out said no. I, like he's telling you he he's foggy and can't remember things. And you're like, yeah, sure, just drink some Gatorade, you'll be fine. That's when you gotta at least lie a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> got to be like well you know we thought about it you know, like, just like the no. doctors didn't notice anything oh <laughs> but like this coming from i mean we saw what happened with ryan church how he got a concussion and the meth did everything that you that they tell you not to do when somebody gets a concussion like put him on a plane put him on a plane country. and the yankees did that for two months yeah, I mean, again, this is literally Wilpon met shit in this case because the Wilpons did this, basically. Not this in the sense that he played for two months, but they mishandled a concussion. Oh, they could have pulled it off for worse. two months. You know, they would have. Oh, they yeah. would have. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So. But this isn't just, you know, they were like, oh, obviously something was wrong. Because he was like, I didn't all of a sudden forget how to play baseball. Like, they were saying, you know. By his numbers alone, you could probably tell something was wrong. But it's not even that. This is quality of life issues, too. Like, everything we know about head injuries and the fact that they just ignored all the symptoms, it's not... This goes beyond just his baseball career. This is some NFL-ass shit happening. Yeah. (laughs) Ignoring concussions in sports? Never. No. Well, <laughs> unlike um unlike in football, baseball could actually survive a serious crackdown on head injuries, and that's why it's never gonna happen in the NFL, because NFL could not survive. Yeah. Um but it does mean taking things really seriously when they do happen, which is not all that often in the grand scheme. Um and there's just absolutely no reason why you've gotta truck a guy like Rizzo out without giving a serious extended time off to watch for symptoms that don't develop right away. Well, don't they still have the concussion IL? Couldn't they have utilized that? Yes, they could have. Yeah. I don't think they ever did. I don't think they did when it first happened. I think he stayed in the game. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I can't remember for sure. But yeah, no, they can. There is a concussion IL. They can use it. Like just err on the side of caution, put him on it for seven days, and then after that, it's, I mean, you don't usually play for the full seven days, so he would have missed, what, five games? Maybe six? So you couldn't have, you couldn't have done that? So, I don't, I'm sorry, like, Boone, the medical staff, somebody's got to answer some tough questions at the end of the year, if not outright lose their jobs. Because both these incidents are unacceptable. Yeah. Um. So, looping back to, uh, I didn't even actually put this in the show notes, but I realized that we should probably cover it. Um, looping back to people that probably just need someone in their corner right now and need a little help. Um, Tim Anderson was suspended for six games, uh, and. Uh, Guardians third baseman Jose Ramirez was suspended for three games because there was probably like the worst brawl in a while uh, between the two of them. Um, And it wasn't just, it was over seemingly nothing at the time. Um, You know, Anderson, uh, was it Anderson who slid in or was it Ramirez who slid in? It was Ramirez. Ramirez was on the base pass. Yeah, Ramirez slid in to second. And it wasn't like a an illegal slide or like it was he didn't do he didn't do a chase Utley or anything like that. Um, but 
Anderson seemed to take exception to either something he said or the slide and seemingly pretty much unprovoked, like started this brawl. Um, but good old fashioned fisticuffs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Re- like, serious. A swinging. Yep. Like they looked like they were boxing. Um, and I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen like something like that since like Rugnan Odor, maybe <laughs> like, um, but yeah, so there was like a serious brawl after that. And then, um, but apparently it later came out that Anderson had been like jawing at the Guardian's dugout for like the whole game the previous day um, over like slights that he perceived he didn't like. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's not good. It's just not a good situation. And he was like, and in addition to all this, like he's like letting this play out publicly because Tim Anderson is just like, tweeting through it <laughs> on Twitter yeah. uh which is really also apparently Yasmati Grandal smacked him too in the clubhouse before the all-star break did she yeah see- apparently like yeah Grandal had said that he wanted to take off early for like a, day, a game early for the break and um Tim Anderson expressed disapproval of this and Grendel slapped him. So yeah. that's something else going on in his life. Oh, yeah. The White Sox are just. I they... mean, we had the White Sox ladies Oof. on, and I feel so bad for the state of that organization right now. Yeah. 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 It's like, really grim over there. Anderson just like ramped up his trash talking and ramped it up and ramped it up. And like, that's the type of thing that's going to get your clock cleaned. <laughs> Yeah, and then, keep like talking said, shit, like, someone's just gonna punch you eventually. But yeah, then the Twitter meltdown. Like, I don't know if he's okay. <laughs> he needs a wise adult and a yeah. therapist. Well, yes. apparently, there's also preferably I, one of each. I've been really been following. There's stuff going on in his personal life. I don't know if that's got something to do with it. I don't know, but yeah, he, somebody needs to, you know, like you said, there needs to be an adult there. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we talk a lot lot on this podcast about domestic situations and Anderson is dealing with his own sort of issues in the sense that he has a child with a woman who's not his wife. But that sort of like crosses the boundary into stuff that probably isn't our business, but just becomes our business because these guys are famous. Um. But yeah, it's a lot. And um, I think it was uh, I think it was Shake that tweeted um, a reporter uh, for Chicago Tribune uh, tweeted uh, a good thread about Anderson and how, you know, these athletes, a lot of times they become rich at such a young age. They're dealing with a lot. They don't really have like people to show them how to act <laughs> a lot of times. So I think that this is just, again, a situation where, like Maggie said, he kind of needs an adult a little bit. The White Sox, as, as a whole team, need an adult. And yes. they don't have one around, unfortunately. Yeah. Is is anybody in charge over there? No. No. Is there? It, it really is like, as, as a parent, sometimes there will be a child doing, like, things that they ought not be doing like right in front of you. And you're like, where is their person? Why am I the person who is here watching them do these things when I am not in any way licensed to stop them from it? <laughs> well, yeah. uh, then, like I, I feel sad that Liam Hendricks needs Tommy on John surgery, but maybe it's for the best that he's away from this team. Cause he's the only pure and good thing going on right now that they have. Uh- yeah, that was the other thing I was going to mention, uh, which is absolutely devastating news. Um, so unfair. I know. In that Liam Hendricks needs Tommy John surgery, which is just so upsetting. It was like the one wholesome thing that the White Sox had going for them was the return of Liam Hendricks and how that was just such a an inspiration to everyone in baseball and to all fans. Um and then, you know, his elbow blows out. It just, it sucks so much. If I mean, like one positive is that he did get that moment that he re- returned 
but yeah. he deserved more. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a he tough did. year for for Tommy John yeah. recipients. It really yeah. is. <laughs> Between him and Jacob deGrom, it's just been, like, devastating. Well, and then this was, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, this is the one-year anniversary of his return. Yes, I did see. Mm-hmm. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Ugh, let's not talk about that. Just oof. Yeah. And then they closed it out with Narco. With Narco. <laughs> it was just a beautiful day all day around. It's a very nice day. <laughs> and there's going to be a an Edwin Diaz trumpet bobblehead <laughs> at City Field, which they're still doing on like the Max Scherzer sunglasses. They're still doing this one, which they should. Well, they should do he this is one. still there. He is still on the team. He's still with us. He is still with us. Um, He's not dead. No. <laughs> progressing in his rehab still, by the way. I keep seeing his like his updates on social media and they are encouraging. Um, that whatever one... gets the vibes going. Yeah, I'm still not over that one where he posted the the I could tell he had uh, the blood flow restriction cuff on his leg. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I'm feeling sympathy pains. Ah. I literally do that. I'm on a I'm on a six week like BFR course right now uh, where I literally do the blood flow restriction training every PT session for six weeks. And it is the worst. Almost done. Almost done. Uh, almost at the light at the end of the tunnel. It does work like it's worked. I can't argue against it. So. It's just, it just really sucks. It's no fun. Um, but yeah, uh, this has been kind of a, a bummer of a show. I don't know. The the Mets are just really, really tanking hard. And the rest of this season is going to be a tough watch, but... And they, since they're in a rain delay, they put Mets yearbook 2015 on. Oh, boy. Oh. Reminder of better times. <laughs> Yeah, reminder of a, a much better August than this one. Yeah, we we we're turning that. <laughs> but uh, at least we will have dollars for dingers as a reason to keep watching because, keep watching. and we can just root for as many dingers as humanly possible. Please, yes. please. and Pete's healthy, so there is a chance for dingers, or at least it seems like he's healthy now. Yes, yes. there is a chance for dingers. Um. But yeah, and there are other good things that we will think of in time and let you know when we come up with them. We will definitely something good. I'll come up with something. Yes. I I mean, we will still have our mention of the week segment this week. We always have good things. We have walk off wins, which we're going to get to in a second. But yeah, we always try to mix in some good things because I know and I know that, like, there have been a couple of people who, like, have complained in our reviews in the past. Like, this is ages ago now, not lately, but about how we're we're too negative. And it's like, buddy, have you seen the Mets? Like, it's I don't know what to Mets. tell you. <laughs> like, the Mets should try, we try, we try. not being you bad. You can leave us a review that would be better than those reviews. Yeah, you You can. yourself could be the solution to this problem. It would be really helpful. Um, we're, we try, we try really hard to mix in positivity. I think that anyone who listens to the show on the regular knows that we make a concerted effort to do this. Um, so on that, uh, note, we will end the show this week. Like we always do with walk off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise Maggie Wigan, what is your walk off win for this week? Um, so my walk off win is, um, is the Barbie movie, which yes! I seen a couple of weeks ago. Uh, thank you, Abigail. Best birthday party ever. Um, and I really loved it. And I also was able to figure out that my daughter would like it. Um, and so it was this Friday. I took her to our first, like, mommy-daughter nighttime movie um, experience. And we dressed up in, uh, like, pink and blue and yellow tie-dye dresses um and she loved the movie and i loved the movie even more the second time because i knew which parts were kind of silly and pointless and i could just enjoy them as that 
and move on to the stuff that is not silly and pointless is, in fact, wonderful and meaningful and relatable. And um, yeah, it's just it's a wonderful movie and it makes me so happy. And I got to share it with my daughter, which also made me super happy um, in one of the fancy theaters with the reclining seats and big popcorn and candy. And I don't know what else you could ask for. Like, that's sort of that's sort of all of it. Yeah. Oh, and I I'm love jealous. the theaters with the reclining seats. I always put my feet up. And I'm jealous you got the Barbie box to take pictures in. Yes, we got lots of Barbie box pictures. Because me, my sister, and my niece went to go see it on Saturday, oh. and we didn't get a Barbie box. <laughs> That's sad. This was on a different floor. I had to go hunt it down. Oh. <laughs> But it was definitely part of the experience. When, when, and one thing I loved was like not only everybody getting in the Barbie box, um, everybody being very excited to help us take pictures, um, was also just like everybody sort of did their own dress up. Like you could see just sort of, you know, everyone in their own vibes. But like this one was with like a pink jacket and a pink polo. And it was just it was a really fun sort of like inclusive movie experience that kind of sort of happens with some like major sort of nerdy type releases except that it's really inclusive because all you have to know is barbie yeah and you know it's it's not like this very deep and you know um specific cosplay it's just everybody sort of finding their own barbie and sharing it together. And that's just really awesome. Yeah, the vibes in the movie theater seeing it are really good. I've gone twice and it's been good both times. <laughs> and I'm Someday with you. I'll like know. I saw it with my niece and she's going to be 10 in October. And I was like, I hope she likes it. And she said she did. And she said her favorite Barbie was President Barbie. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I was like, I loved President Barbie too. <laughs> That's really wholesome. Her favorite scene was um, was the dance near the beginning um, at Barbie's oh. house, which no. she can already do. Like she, like we were walking out of the movie theater, and she was already like doing the dance. <laughs> See, M's favorite part was "I'm um, Just Ken," which you can't, you really can't go wrong with "I'm um, Just Ken." <laughs> oh yeah, crowd pleaser. The whole uh, the whole album actually, I've been listening to it on repeat, and it's really like kind of a clueless level collection of popular music that that just hits a certain spot yeah and um highly recommend to put on repeat play you feel like it just it's got like such like catchy beats in it and it's just like it got it gets stuck in your head but kind of in a good way like you're not mad that it gets stuck in your head <laughs> yeah love a good movie soundtrack um especially ones that are like of their time like recently, I randomly brought up the the soundtrack for John Tucker Must Die, which is the most two thousands movie soundtrack I've ever seen in my life, besides maybe Spider Man Two, uh, which Vaz <laughs> countered with. We were having Vaz and I were having this conversation. I was like, "This is the most two thousands movie soundtrack," and Vaz was like, "Was it like Panic at the Disco?" No, it was like, um, yeah, it's similar though. It's like Motion City soundtrack and like. Yeah, a yeah. lot of emo bands. Whereas Spider-Man 2 was more like Train and uh oh what else is on there? Like not not Creed, but like that genre of th- 2000s. Um yeah, he was more like, like poppy kind of thing. Yeah, he was like may I counter with Spider-Man 2 and I looked up that soundtrack and I was like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You win. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the clueless Linda's- soundtrack still slaps, by the way. Yes, That's it does. One that never, yes. never dies. No. Um, Linda Servich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Uh, my first walk-off win is seeing Fallout Boy. Um, Yay! The- that was the other band I was going to mention. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've also I also saw Fallout Boy on this and they're, tour. They're, they were so good. And we got gym class heroes with them to sing. They came out to sing Girlfriend, which is which was all great. But the venue was in Forest Hills, which I've never been to. And it's I an love old, Forest Hills. Yeah, it's an old tennis stadium. Really unique, really cool. But there were no screens. So the whole time I was like, which one's P Wentz? 
who is that? <laughs> so like, and but they really do like their pyrotechnics. They really put on like, like a really good show just along with the music, which was which I'm I, I'm I always like and I'm there for. So they were really good. Um, it was a really nice night. It was I think Tuesday night last Tuesday night. Yeah, so. I bought a jacket, but I ended up not needing it. It was it was just a gorgeous night. That was the night of the full moon, so I got to see the full moon rise. Um, so it was it was really cool. They were really good, and plus we got a surprise gym class heroes. Um, so that was that was fun. Um, and then I again <laughs> had issues on the train once again. I don't know what the deal is with the train. <laughs> <laughs> why the first time when I was coming home from the Met game, there was police activity, and now there was a medical emergency again on my train at Harlem. I can't get past Harlem for some reason. Um, but other than that, it was great. It was a great night. Um, and then later on in the week, I got to see Allison and Michael. They came Aww. up, and we went out to eat, and I hadn't seen you guys in a while. So I was happy that we were able to to eat dinner and, and meet up for a little bit while you guys were up here. So I had very two lovely walk-off wins this week. Yes, that sort of transitions into my walk-off win, which is also, you know, the the events of this past weekend, um, which contain a lot of happiness and also some transportation-related woes, as it turns out. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the, the weekend started with uh, us getting to have dinner with Linda because Michael and I had a wedding on Friday um, in Mamaroneck, New York, which is very close to where Linda lives and uh, also close to where Michael's mom lives in White Plains, and so we stayed up there. Um, and so it was just a lovely weekend because we got to hang out with Linda and uh, uh, Blue got to hang out with Michael's mom's dog, Java, and they got to bond. Um, Java's a bit of an old lady that keeps Blue in check with her puppy energy and is like, that's enough now. I'm going to tell you that's enough, which is great because Blue needs that correction. <laughs> um, but <laughs> they... someone other than you. Yeah, exactly. She needs it from a dog. She'll actually listen to the dog. She won't listen to us. Um, so yeah, it, but it was great because like she got to have a dog friend to play with and she like loves other dogs. So um she had she had a blast this weekend. Um, and yeah, she got to hang out with Java and Michael's mom while we were at the wedding. Um, and the wedding was lovely. Um, it was my friend Kelly's wedding, and it was just a lovely wedding, the most Italian wedding ever. And they played Lazy Mary during the wedding. Oh boy. Um, which was yeah, very, very fun. Um, yeah, I got to hang out with a lot of my friends and it was and it was just a happy occasion all around. The most food I've ever eaten at a wedding. Like the cocktail hour had chicken marsala, eggplant rollatini, mac and cheese, like a whole meat station, like a whole like cheese and uh, like charcuterie board spread, like like all this food, like a buffet style. And I was like, we still have a full three course meal after this, right? Oh. Like, like you could have eaten an entire meal at the cocktail hour. And in addition to all that buffet stuff, there were still those people walking around with the little finger foods like. Do you want some ahi tuna? Do you want this meatball? Do you want the and and everyone was like yes and, and my I was personality like, is that I always want the past hors d'oeuvres. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I don't even let them tell me what it is. I'm already eating it. Uh, yeah, like it's already in my mouth. Um, and so like I was like full before we even started dinner. I was like, oops, <laughs> I filled up on dream wedding hors d'oeuvres. Dream. I think all weddings should just be hors d'oeuvres only just like massive yeah. amounts of hors d'oeuvres <laughs> nobody cares about the the meal when you finally sit down because you're still full at that point the, the hors d'oeuvres were all the hors d'oeuvres are all great and no one cares about like the dry chicken no <laughs> no one cares about that i've had no. a million like bacon wrapped scallops i don't care about <laughs> <laughs> whatever chicken you're serving me yeah the rubber chicken that you have on a line out there <laughs> yeah with like a side of asparagus or whatever <laughs> um so yeah the wedding was lovely um and then the third kind of like third part of the weekend of activities walk-off wins is that um we got to go to the Mets Orioles game with Thomas Henderson uh from Complex to Queens uh co-host and Amazing Avenue writer um we went to uh, the Mets Orioles game on Saturday night um, and, 
yeah, the Mets did lose. That's true. <laughs> uh, but it was still a really fun night. Um, and was it Miguel? It was Tyler McGill, indeed. Oh. It was so yeah. funny because, like, the second that, like, I realized that, like, Justin Verlander could be traded, I was like, oh, he's supposed to pitch that game that I'm going to. And now I'm going to see not Justin Verlander. <laughs> and, yeah, it was Tyler McGill instead. That went less well. Um, yeah, the Mets lost, but uh, I still miss Camden Yards so much, and I'm used to going there, like, you know, like, 10 games a year, and now it's only, like, maybe one or two, and so whenever I go, I get to, I, I savor it, because it's my favorite ballpark by, like, a large margin, Um, so I just love going there, especially when it's Mets O's. The vibes are always good, even when the Mets lose, so, um, and, and it was a sold-out crowd, because the Orioles were celebrating their 19, the anniversary of their 1983 World Series winning team, so, like, Eddie Murray was there, and the vibes were just, like, off the charts. Like, the the fans were having a great time. And I was like, I'm happy for you guys. The, you deserve, the Orioles fans deserve to be happy, I think, uh, given This everything. is the inspiration behind my tweeting that I want the Mets to be reverse spoilers, where they just lose all the games the teams I do want to be in the postseason. Exactly. Because O's, O's definitely deserve whatever help the Mets can bring their way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was a fun day at Camden Yards anyway. And I got to see um, my grad school roommate, Helen, uh, who who we went to many Orioles games together when we were in grad school um, in Baltimore. Um, and so I, I was glad that I got to reunite with her. I hadn't seen her in some time. Um, so that was just really nice. It was a really nice day in Baltimore. And then all the transportation woes happened, which I'm not going to get into because that would ruin my walk-off win. Uh, the short version, uh, of it is that my car broke down in the parking lot on the way out of Forest. Yeah. So that's an ongoing saga that is not yet resolved. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, is that the car that you were talking on Facebook about needing to buy a new? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so a future walk-off hmm. win might be that I have a new car. We'll see. <laughs> I, I'm stay not, tuned, folks. Stay tuned, folks. That's that's not yet uh, resolved. But yes, uh, we that was a long night. We uh, we. We took an Uber to a $50 Uber to BWI Airport, rented a car, drove to New Jersey, got to New Jersey at 3.30 in the morning. Um, that was not the plan. The plan was to go back to D.C. That did not occur. <laughs> got, oh. got my dad's car, borrowed my dad's car. Uh, the at like The next morning, we took separately. Michael took the rental car back to New York and returned it there. I drove Thomas back to Brooklyn in my dad's car and then up to White Plains to reunite with Michael and Blue. And then we took my uh, we put Blue in the car and drove from White Plains down to D.C. with Blue in my dad's car. And now I have my dad's car. And that all happened in like a 24 hour period. And I got like maybe an hour and a half of sleep. Oh, so, yeah, that's the situation. (laughs) It's fine. Hoping I had a for great times time. ahead. I had a great time. And Thomas was like, this is like I I we said it, it you know, like those um the core memories from inside out. Oh yeah. Um, I was like I was like, this is like the core memory a core memory of our friendship. Like <laughs> a core memory has formed and it's this. Like we've like trauma bonded now. I was like, Thomas, sorry, you're <laughs> friends with us forever now. You can't get rid of us. <laughs> yeah, there's no going back after that. Because here's Thomas thinking he can like crash on our couch after the Mets Orioles game. Like it'll be a grand old time. And instead he ended up at my parents' house in New Jersey at 3 30 in the morning. <laughs> and then we and then and then watching the soccer game with all of us at 5 a.m. Oh, yeah, that was. Yeah, and then, yeah, that didn't go well. Either. Oh, that's not that is not part of my walk off win. No, this is staying happy. We're not talking about that. Yeah. So. But yeah, the the weekend until the until the transportation was the weekend was completely lovely. Got to see Linda, got to go to a wonderful wedding, got to go to a fun Mets Orioles game, even though the Mets lost. Uh, I still had a grand old time. So that's my walk off win for this week. Um. Hopefully the Mets don't like keep losing games. Then they win occasionally. So we can have something fun to talk about. Um, Like Kodai Senga and how he's good, for example. 
Um, but in the meantime, you can go to homerunapplesauce.com to check out all of our fabulous pods. You can support our work by going to patreon.com slash homerunapplesauce. We watch these games, folks, so you don't have to. So I think that you should throw a little money our um yeah this is this is uh we we do the painful work for you um yeah you can go to patreon.com slash homer and applesauce to check out our patreon and become a supporter um and misery is best when it's shared so you get access to our discord server if you become a patron and you can chat with all of us on discord and we do our immaculate grids every day we chat about the mets we 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 have fun over there, so you should you should come join us. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from on your podcast app of choice. Please rate and review the show. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, it really helps people find it. You can follow Home Run Applesauce on social media on Twitter and Instagram at HR Applesauce. You can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram and Blue Sky and TikTok at a pod of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter and Blue Sky. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servage. And you, Maggie? At Maggie162. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there's no crying in court.